0: Welcome to On My Way to School with me, Adam Peterson, the podcast where I interview teachers, administrators, entrepreneurs, and people from all walks of life to share tips on positivity that will help motivate you for an awesome day. Let's buckle up, grab your coffee, and get ready for the show.
1: You are the best.
0: This podcast is sponsored by my friends at sandhillcoffee.com. Listen, if you want some quality coffee delivered straight to your door with a bunch of different blends to choose from, check them out. Sandhillcoffee.com is my favorite place to order from, and right now you can get a discount of 10% off your order using the promo code SCHOOL10. S C H O O L 10. That's a promo code they offer to all of my listeners, so check them out, sandhillcoffee.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show and to season three of the podcast On My Way to School with Adam Peterson. So excited to get this season kicked off with our first official sponsor. So, you know, I've talked about this company a lot on the previous episodes as I sit and drink coffee while I chat with all of you educators. But I was thrilled to, to hear from Phil Wingo from sandhill coffee who i talk about a lot and bring him on as a guest today phil is uh, an entrepreneur a dad a husband uh a fisherman all kinds of cool things that he's going to talk about today so welcome to the show phil
1: no thanks again Adam. thanks for having me um yeah i'm looking forward to chatting
0: yeah I've, I've i've been talking about the the business well not really the business but i've been talking about the coffee quite a bit on on different episodes just telling teachers what i'm drinking what what they should be drinking by visiting the website so so excited to, to, to be able to connect with you. And, and thank you for giving teachers this this uh, discount to try or listeners this discount. So if you guys didn't hear it in the intro to the role of this episode, um, you go to SandhillCoffee.com. You enter the promo code SCHOOL10, SCHOOL, S-C-H-O-O-L, 10. That will get you 10% off your order. So definitely check that. Out. So thank you f- for that, Phil, to start with. Um Secondly, I got I got to talk about because I always begin episodes with with what I'm drinking at the time. Um, and I know that you've got all kinds of uh, grounds and blends out there. But I got to say my favorite and, and I don't know if other people do this or not, but is taking market blend and dark side of the loon. I do like maybe like three quarters market blend beans and then a quarter of dark side of loon, grind them up together. And I don't know what it is about it, but that's that's like my favorite mix to do.
1: No, you are actually the first person I've heard combining those two. So,
0: really? Yeah. So I'm onto something there. So, so if you, you do that, that's the... the informal patent for that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So so that one's gonna be called the Atom, I guess, if you if you <laughs> put that on your menu. <laughs> so let's talk about you. You this is I know you this is you're on year four of the business, you're rolling into year five of the business. Yep. Um you've done some pretty amazing things along the way, but let's talk about you as a, you know, you as a, a person and how you decided to jump on this journey of being a coffee maker whatever it is that you call it yeah um so it was
1: completely random i guess you know if you think of like other people's coffee roasting or you know career pathways um probably not the most conventional right as like other people um so what how i got started in the coffee world was i previously worked in the pharmaceutical industry so okay. nothing food related at all um I that used to be in Michigan, so I lived in Michigan, All right. and then moved to Chicago to be closer to family when we found out we were expecting our first. Uh, so what we did is so what I did is, you know, started the whole job application process, applying for jobs, interviewing for jobs, and just nothing working out.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so then it was we were on our, you know, journey to welcoming our son into the world. So we're at the hospital, going the coffee. I'm going on frequent coffee runs.
0: (laughs) I remember those
1: days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like a little light bulb went off. I'm like, you know, this would be something cool to read about. Like, I don't know much about coffee um, besides like, you know, going through grad school and going to the closest store to get Mm -hmm. coffee to keep me awake. Um, So I bought a history book on coffee. I actually found it extremely interesting, which I know, depending on the history and what topics you're reading you are kind of dry. Um, but I flew through the book um because it was it was very well written. It went through like how the journey of coffee kind of to where we are at today, right? And along the path, it touched on like how it uh socially impacted, you know, areas and communities and countries, how it financially impacted those countries, um, everything down to like you know religion impacts. Mm-hmm. Um so it was a really well-rounded book and kind of really got me into coffee more into it right um so from that point i bought another book about coffee and this one it was more of a satire kind of like someone's uh comedic journey to find the perfect cup oh yeah uh of coffee and so he actually this guy actually you know kind of journaled his journey um through the middle east kind of because that's the origin of coffee ethiopia Mm -hmm. um which that's a fun fact legendary fact i'll i'll Say in a minute. Um, you know, through the Middle East, through Europe, over to the Americas. Um, and the book kind of ended. He goes, You know, I found the perfect cup of American coffee. It is at a diner in the middle of the Midwest that's been sitting on the hot pot for hours. Goes, <laughs> that's what you think of when you think of an American cup of coffee. Um, so then at that point, I started roasting my own coffee. I bought like a little at home coffee roaster. I was able to roast a pound at a time, and started roasting coffee for myself. You know, kind of like a lot of what a lot of people do with craft beer, they right. start brewing for themselves.
0: So at, at that um, time, where were you? Where were you sourcing this? Because this already started the journey of your traveling to source outsource the the beans, or where were you getting the the roasting? Where were you getting anything that you were roasting at that oh, time?
1: So yeah, good question. Um, so no, that did not start the journey of like me going uh, to places to buy the coffee. Um, there's actually websites and coffee excuse me, providers out there that sell in small quantities. Oh, okay. So I was able to buy like five pounds at a time. To try uh, it out. To try it out, to try different things out. Um, and then from that point, I upgraded. This is when I started to turn this into a business, but then there was, there's places that sell 50 pounds at a time. Okay. Um, so you can slowly, there's opportunities out there to slowly upgrade your purchasing power. Um, so I started roasting at home and you know, the job offers were not flying in. <laughs> so a, a little bit of getting annoyed with going to interviews and nothing working out and then realizing a lot of people drink coffee. I've always wanted to start a business. So let's give it a shot.
0: That's awesome, man. You know, it's funny too, when you say a lot of people drink coffee, you know, my audience is, is educators and, and I can't tell you the number of teachers that I talk to. And I, I think of, I tell this story, my wife and I were actually just having this conversation because my wife is not a coffee drinker, never has been. She's not even someone who, who likes the smell of it. So we are very different in that sense because I drink it all day long. But um, we were talking, she goes, I'm surprised that after this past year of teaching during a pandemic that I didn't pick up drinking coffee just to get through the stress of it. <laughs> and one of my, my very close friends, and actually I was somewhat of a mentor teacher to her. She was on my kindergarten team when I taught kindergarten for, for a while. She, she always told me, she's like, I never drank a cup of coffee until I started teaching kindergarten. (laughs) That was what started, (laughs) that was what started her coffee journey. But I I love it that, you know, as I, as I read through your bio and I've followed your blog on the website, I love one line that, that you say quite a bit and you put it in your, your bio for me here was your, your idea, your mentality through this whole thing was what's the worst that can happen, right? Like you, you took a chance here with starting something completely from scratch as a, I mean, I don't know if the unemployed is the right term to use because I'm sure you were hustling here and there to make, you know, do what you can. But what's the worst that can happen when we speak to to teachers? I think I'm constantly te- talking to teachers about, um, sorry, my phone's on there making noise. I usually have that off. But uh, when I go out and speak to teachers on the road, that's one of the things I think about is like taking chances, taking chances, taking chances, because kids don't know the difference. When you screw up, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and oh yeah, what's the worst can happen if you can take that step? And I love it that you have that that mindset going into this business and trying it from home, like just to see what you could do. To now turn it into, you know, you've got this mobile cafe and you're you've got this online business going. So let's let's talk about that transition from hey, I think this could really work to how in the world do you just, you know book a flight to go across the country, wherever it is that you go across the world to, to start outsourcing this this coffee?
1: So, okay. So if I could think early on, I remember trying to figure out how I can get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was sitting at my house. I, I was sitting at, um, I, I, hate, I hate to say it now, but I was sitting at Starbucks <laughs> working on Excel sheets, kind of trying to plan this out. Like, okay, You know, financial models and like, oh, this this is going to take this much coffee for me me to make this much if I buy it, you know, the whole trying to work out the money side of things. And I remember meeting with a, um, it was like a free mentor um, session. Right. And so it was um, this guy who kind of just looked over my Excel files and he goes, Well, have you sold anything yet? Well, no, this is just kind of what I'm planning on. He goes, Well, (laughs) this is all going to change as soon as you start selling things. He goes, just go try to sell it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See what and happens.
1: So, yeah. And so from that point, I was like, huh, you know, I didn't really think of it like that. That's, that's really true though. Just go try it. Right. Um, and then on top of what you said, you know, I've kind of always, I kind of always been thinking to myself, like, even for other things, you know, I've always wanted to start a business and this is kind of like the perfect time. And I don't want to be at the point where well, about a lot of things in like 30 40 years from now i don't want to look back and be like you know what i should have mm-hmm. tried it then right um it's kind of like along the lines of what you said you know other people don't know your mistakes just roll through it <laughs> <No one's laughs> yeah except you it. had a you had a
0: bigger chance there because this was a this was a lifestyle I, you know with teachers we were like try it day by day see what happens but for you i mean it's it's pretty admirable that you especially as a, as a a young or new father, like that, you're like, let's see what happens, you know? And I, I mean, I commend you for that, that, I don't know what you call, you know, just the, the passion for it. I mean, that's really what it is with you. And I I think, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's other farmers markets that I go to and I'll see different coffee stands and I'll I'll try some here and there most the times i don't just because i'm so hooked on sandhill now but <laughs> there was something i remember chatting with you at that little market you were the only person in the booth i think we ended up talking about tangled roots beer at the time too because you had a cup <laughs> in your hand and i was drinking some too and my family was with me and you probably know this from going to farmers markets like there's something you go to and people just say like hello and they'll, they'll just wait for you to kind of browse their products and you immediately dove into a conversation with me about where this coffee came from and what the blends were and what the different flavors were. And it was the word passion. We use a lot in the education world um, as teachers, you know, that's why we do what we do. Obviously as teachers, we don't do it for the paycheck. We do it for the passion. And I can see that. Uh, I can see that in you and reading your story and reading your blog and just following your journey that it, it really did turn into a passion project for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely has turned into that. Um, Cause I think the coolest part is like the backstory.
0: Yeah, totally. Um,
1: like, knowing where the coffee's from, kind of knowing, since I've went to, you know, visit some of the farms. It's like, you know, I can, I want to tell you about where it's from. That's um, what I wanted
0: to, to talk about too, is what it was like, like just to, just to go. Like, I mean, did you go on your own? Did you just buy a ticket and go to these farms? I know when you're, if you, if y'all listeners haven't checked it out at the website, um, santelcoffee.com, I love how each roast has, has the story behind it. Like you talk about not just the flavors, but, you talk about where it's from, and you you have pictures of these coffee farms. And what was that like to to take that initial step to go from all right, I've tried this with websites in my house. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna fly wherever I need to go to to, to visit these farms. What was that like?
1: Oh, it was pretty wild. And, and it's there's totally, It's totally like an emotional roller coaster. You know, just like you hear from other people who've started business. There's good days, bad days, mm-hmm. neutral days. Um. You know but over the long term you know I, I i love it and it definitely has grown into a passion like you've mentioned um but so initially yeah it was just me starting a website which i never did anything it related <laughs> so it's me fumbling through putting things together um starting the farmer's market which i remember the night before my first farmer's market being absolutely terrified
0: i'm sure um,
1: <laughs> like are people actually gonna buy this are they gonna like it are they gonna hate it um but so the one thing too um So I'm eventually getting to your question.
0: No, that's all right. Tell the story, man.
1: Uh, So one thing too, like when starting out, since I never worked in the coffee industry, you know, I wanted to be able to talk the talk. Like, and I felt that the best way to do that was to actually go there, Mm -hmm. meet the people. So if people have questions to me about like, Oh, you know, well, where's this coffee from? Do you trust its source? Uh, I want to be able to confidently say, yes, I have been there. I know this field that it's from i know what it's you know going through the people that care for it um and that's one of the coolest things so anytime like people buy the um, the san miguel coffee uh lighter roast from guatemala i maybe i like dork out a little bit but i'm like hold on hold on wait before you go look look this is the exact field that it's from i visited there
0: no that's awesome i i think i think that's important
1: oh yeah definitely um and that's kind of the transition that you know not just the coffee industry but like other industries as well like people want to know where their products are coming from mm-hmm. so i think to kind of be able to talk about that and show about show actually actual pictures um you know it's a big plus
0: so was that that initial i mean it'd be it we're past like you know the home we've done the farmer's market the initial visit were, were you 100 percent? were you by yourself like did you just go on your own to these these farms and visit
1: so the so yes, I, I went by myself down in Guatemala it was the first place I visited. Um, but I actually have been in, to- I was in talks with them before okay. going down there. So I didn't go there hundred percent blind. Um, I was in talks with the farm that I was purchasing um, and getting some coffee from. So it was a, it was a planned event, but yeah, I, I still went down there by myself. Um, I actually stayed with the farmer, one of the farmers of this co-op in their guest room
0: for Really. Five,
1: for four days. So, you know, I got the full experience, got the, you know, they were great, amazing hosts. They, you know, I ate breakfast with them, dinner with them, was out in the fields. I saw their friends' fields. Wow. Um, so it was really cool experience.
0: That's pretty amazing. So um, is that a place you, you continually visit or is it now more so you, you order from them? How, do, how does that work?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's super, Guatemala is actually super easy to get to. Okay. Um, from Chicago, let's say from O'Hare. If you were able to go straight from O'Hare to Guatemala City, I think it's a four and a half hour flight. Oh, wow. Um, but the last time I went, I went from Chicago to Houston, Houston, the Guatemala City. Okay. And so, it, I mean, it's a quick flight. Um, you fly in the Guatemala City, it's a, it's a large city, um, and then you drive, you take a cab or um, the coffee. The organization organized a ride for me to get picked up at the airport to go to Antigua, which is the smaller city outside of guatemala city and the coffee farm is outside of antigua
0: okay and i would now that you mentioned the farm too and heading to guatemala let, let's talk about the the why of doing it that way because i know a big portion of your your um your business is about giving back you're part of one percent for the planet mm-hmm. um you're helping a lot of families by doing what you're doing right i mean is that is that fair to say
1: Oh yeah, definitely fair, because um, I guess if you it really shortens the supply chain. So b- by buying directly from the farms themselves or co-ops, you know all of that money that you know I'm paying per pound mm-hmm. is going directly to them. That's awesome. It's not go. It's not going through three or four hands before getting to me. It's the farm to me to you. Right. Um. So you know there's not a portion from each person that's getting their hands on it going and then eventually leaving the farmer farmer's families you know with half the amount right that they should be getting so yeah it's you know it's a really nice it's a direct impact um to them and all the hard work they do so
0: i think it's a cool lesson for 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 kids too to hear stuff like that you know it reminds me this is completely unrelated topic but my our family just went through this little situation a couple of weeks ago our, our dog was super sick like to the point where he had to be hospitalized because we didn't know what was going on he's better now but um thank you yeah and our our vet that we have are they're fantastic i gotta give a shout out to dr joe's mobile vet service they are an in-home vet like he and his wife come to our house for all of our dog augie's vet appointments but wow the 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 hard part of that is they don't have emergency facilities right because they do it all on the road so we had to take augie to a hospital and i'm not going to name it but it was crazy expensive, right? Like we, we shelled out thousands of dollars just to figure out what was going on. And when we got to the point of deciding whether or not we could afford to spend you know, five digits on this dog, our vets called us and they said, Hey, go pick him up, bring him to your house. Everything that you sent us that needs to be done, we can do out of your living room. We'll meet you there. So they come to our house. They meet us. They do all this. Didn't charge us the dime because they knew what we had just spent at the hospital. And my daughter who's 13 was like, how do they, how do they do that, dad? Like, how does that work when we had to spend this? And we didn't tell her what we spent, but she's like, when well, we knew you and <laughs> to spend a lot of money, I said, well, honey, it's because they're not a giant corporation. Like they can do that. They're here to give back and take care of dogs. And we talked about the word passion. I said, animals are their passion. You know, when you get yeah. into a giant corporate world, it's about, not that that's not their passion, but it's about making money, you know? And she, it was one of those lessons to try to teach her, like doing good for the good of the cause. Right. And to be able to pat our vets on the back and say like, this is, this is why you're going to be successful because you care about what you're doing. It's not just about making money. And I think that's what's making Sandhill and you and your family so successful is you can tell from the stories that it's, it, I mean, yes, this is a job for you. This is a business, but mm-hmm. it didn't start with, I'm going to be a millionaire in the coffee business. It started with, I want to make coffee for people and support people in the, in the same, in the, in the same process.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And so the thing about that too is like when if anyone around you says, "Oh, hey, do you know a vet?" like you're immediately going to think, "Yeah, of the vets that helped you out." So, like, mm-hmm. it's it's so much better for like recommendations and um, just you know, you trust them one hundred percent. So you're you're going to give that to other people as well, and that means so much more than totally.
0: Well, than and I, I a large, it does, and I, I love reading the stories on your website. Like each time I go to order. i'm I'm pretty set in my ways now i'm pretty stuck on the market blend dark side of the moon. but i've I've tried other ones i love them all i just like any coffee drinker i have my favorites exactly Um, yeah you find what you like i did but i I, i'm not gonna lie like one of my favorite things to do is is just is read the story underneath each one you know the 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 roast the flavors the 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 backstory behind it where these beans are from i I absolutely love love reading that and i think that's what makes you stand out you know i'm not gonna lie there's times we're on the road where we'll go through a big coffee chain drive through you know and know anything about that coffee like i have no Mm -hmm. idea where it came from i know i have no idea how long it's been sitting on the shelf in their in their freezer or wherever they keep it so it it does i mean it 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 makes a difference when you know where your product is coming from for sure and uh i want to talk about the product itself because you know teachers i'm not gonna we're probably one of the biggest coffee drinking societies. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> like there's a reason there's like machines in teachers lounges now because teachers yeah. <laughs> are all day, but I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't know, or didn't know as much about coffee before I started reading your, your blog and your website. So let's talk about the differences. I know those were questions mm-hmm. that you said, Hey, let's chat about this. Cause people don't know. So difference between light roast and dark roast, it's not just the, 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 I guess the, the color of the coffee, right? Like what, what is what is the difference when people ask? Correct, Yeah, so it's not just the color, but that color comes in for the roasting process.
1: Um, so the easiest way to describe that is the analogy of cooking a steak. Okay. So I apologize to uh, the vegans that are listening <laughs> to this. Um, but so think of like, you know, a rare through well-done steak. All right. And that's think of like light roast through French roast. French roast being the well-done steak, a light roast being the rare steak. Um, and so coffee is actually roasted you know time and temperature okay so just like cooking meats
0: no kidding so when you when you get the the how does it come to you does it come to you as beans is that how you get it so yeah actually uh
1: yeah unroasted beans it's called green coffee so okay. like when i'm when i'm looking when i'm talking to different farms everything is listed as like green coffee prices green that's kind of the lingo green coffee um okay. And that's, it comes in. So now that I'm bu- buying more at a time, it comes in 150 pound burlap sacks.
0: Really? Shipped to you?
1: Uh, well, it, it ships to a shipping center. Okay. Close by like 15 minutes away. And then I go there and pick it up.
0: That's pretty awesome. So I remember visiting when we, my wife and I on our honeymoon went to Hawaii and we visited a plantation and we got to see coffee plants
1: oh nice and
0: uh, so is that how it comes to you directly off the plant or is there a process before it comes to you
1: so yeah there there is a process and it's all done at the farm okay um so there's three main ways that coffees processed. kind of like the the standard or like more traditional way i guess you can say is washed okay so for, this, for this process what they do so let's say the farmer and his family or you know all the front the workers whoever's helping pick the coffee cherries Mm -hmm. um they'll be up in the field picking the coffee cherries that day they'll bring them down separate the beans from the cherry because there's two beans in each coffee cherry
0: i had no idea it was called a cherry (laughs) that's pretty awesome
1: um because it looks just like a cherry right yeah um so the bean is separated from the cherry from that point it is then washed because it has like the fruit gunk on it So that all that fruit gunk is washed off and then the beans are let to air dry. That's wash processing. Uh, Another processing is honey processing. So it's called honey, but there's no honey involved. (laughs) Really? Um, It's actually just called that because, so that same process as I just mentioned, uh, you go into the field, you harvest all the, you pick all the coffee cherries, you come down, you separate the beans from the cherry, but then you leave the fruit gunk fruit juice on the chair on the beans and you let them dry okay um it's called honey because when they're drying they get like the stickiness you know like sticking your hand in a pot of honey Mm -hmm. um the last process is natural so for natural what you do is you pick all the coffee cherries you bring them down and you just let them air dry so the beans are still inside the coffee cherries um and so if you ever try a coffee that's like really sweet or has like a lot of natural like maybe fruit flavors even Mm -hmm. it's natural processed so during the time that the coffee chairs are drying out the beans are exchanging natural sugars with the cherry itself the fruit part and that's how they get their sweetness or fruit notes to it
0: Wow, so I guess I didn't realize coffee was considered a fruit. That, um, that's how <laughs> I didn't realize that. So, like when you talk about the, that style, is that like the the Kula that you have, the pea berry? Would that be more of the, or are yours all but, processed the same way?
1: No, they're different. So the market okay. blend that you really like mm-hmm. is a blend of a honey process and a washed. Okay. So that like hint of sweetness is from the honey process.
0: All right. So then, like the the Kula pea berry, is that more of the natural?
1: So that is a, that's a washed.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Um,
1: but so the uniqueness to that is it's a pea berry. So what happens now? Here's a little um, maybe the science teachers out there.
0: Yeah, they, that's uh, what I'm thinking. This. Like let's have some lessons here.
1: <laughs> um, so inside a coffee cherry, there's normally two beans, and so as that coffee cherry is growing, it, and I forget. I uh, I have a my. Undergrad is in biomedical science, and I forget the term, um, but it's almost like when the, when cells are growing and they split. Mm-hmm. Um, so inside the coffee cherry, when the beans, the seeds essentially are growing, they normally split into two, two seeds. So a pea berry is when that split does not happen. So there's only one seed per cherry.
0: Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I've I've tried that one too. I but like I said, I'm am stuck on on market blend and, and dark side of the loon for sure. Uh, let, let's move on to another question because I my son actually asked me this recently when I was grinding up beans here at the house. He was watching me and and he's like, "How do you know when it's when it's ready, Dad?" And I was like, "I just." I just dump it in. He's like, but how do you know you did it right? I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I don't know that I did it right. So Thank is there is, question? Is, is there, I guess, when you're grinding your own beans, for people that do, um, mm-hmm. if you're not grinding your own coffee beans, people, you need to. There, there is a difference. I'm not gonna lie. I I I will, unless I'm on vacation or something, I don't go back to to just already pre-ground coffee. I love it so. Should I be following a certain process? There's a certain time that my grinder should be running? How, how does that work? Does it matter? I mean, is there different flavors if it, the, the beans aren't ground as much? So yeah, it does make a huge impact. Um, and I get the easiest term to
1: describe this is contact time. Okay. So the shorter or smaller the contact time between the coffee grounds and the water you're using to brew, mm-hmm. you need a smaller or finer grind. So think of on this since I started with that, think of a shot of espresso, Mm you know, it's a very, very fine grind because the brew time, you know, it's hot water being forced through those small grounds and it's generally brewed for like 30 seconds. Okay. Now on the way opposite of that spectrum, cold brew, you let steep overnight or, you know, for a day, anywhere between 12 and 24 hours. And you use the chunkiest coarsest grind possible because that contact time between the coffee beans and the water is so long
0: okay so if i'm if i'm grinding waking up in the morning grinding coffee putting in my machine right away i want it to be finer
1: uh are you using like a your drip maker like a regular drip maker or what yeah you, just
0: a regular coffee pot so then
1: on the scale of between espresso and cold brew your regular coffee pots right in the middle
0: okay as
1: far as grind size goes
0: all right. Yeah. I, it was funny. Cause he asked me that question one day. He's like, how do you know it's ready? I'm like, I don't know. I just hold this down until it looks like I think it should look. <laughs> that's, that's uh, awesome. So if you do have a
1: grinder that has settings, so like, let's say you have your grinder it's a it's a burr grinder where there's settings, you can adjust like co- the coarseness or the fineness, uh, a drip maker is going to be whatever setting is in the middle. So let's say you have six settings, setting three is going to be for your drip maker.
0: So I'm gonna have to get me a new grinder. Then mine is just, you put it in, push a button and until it let go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so I like that, it. it's just play around with how long you hold it down.
0: Okay. Good to know, man. That's awesome. I like that. All right. So the process then let, let's go, go back, kind of step backwards. Now we, we've gotten to making the coffee. Uh, you visited these farms. Now you're sourcing from them, helping these families, which is awesome. It gets shipped to you. And then how does that, let's do, I mean, for lack of better words, what do you do? What's that roasting process? Like what, what is your day to day job besides making these amazing coffees and selling them? What, what's your, your prep? Like, I guess.
1: Uh, so as far as like what actually happens when I roast the coffee.
0: Yeah. Like, like what's, what's that look like for you as a, as a job now?
1: Uh, so a lot Well, So now that I got the, the mobile cafe up and running, mm-hmm. I, I'm in that a few days a week. Um, so prior to that, yeah it was kind of just getting ready for events okay. uh, roasting coffee making sure I had enough coffee for farmers markets, uh, any weekend events that I'd be at. Um, I have a part a few part-time helpers all right part-time employees so if there's two three four events on a weekend, we all split up and go different directions. okay uh, So it's really just making sure there's enough bags of coffee for for all the events. Um, and as far as the roasting process goes, I was fortunate enough to get connected with somebody. Mm -hmm. So I actually rent time on someone else's coffee roaster. Okay. So I I go in one day a week with five gallon buckets full of unroasted coffee, (laughs) roast all the coffee I need for the week. And really, mm -hmm.
0: that's awesome. So what I guess I I don't know what what is a coffee roaster? Is it like, is it like an oven? Is it how does it how does it work?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, So think of uh have you ever seen like a peanut roaster at or, like a state fair or something
0: okay like those big drums
1: it, it's a bit yeah it's a big okay. of a big drum that's laid on its side that's your know, closest thing to me was a pen uh, <laughs> it's a big drum on its side and the co- there's a hopper on top all right so you dump the coffee on on top and inside there's a couple arms inside the drum that are spinning okay oops so the so the coffee beans are constantly being rotated so this way it doesn't just, you know, whatever ends up on the bottom closest to the heat right. doesn't just like roast. Whereas like the coffee on top is barely roasted and cooked. Okay. So the arm inside is constantly rotating, moving those beans around, making sure they're evenly roasted. Um, and then under the barrel, think of that's laying on its side. Um, the, the, there's, this is where there's some variation, but the easiest way to think of it is think of like a, a propane grill that you use right. there's just there's a row of flames underneath okay and then that the amount of uh heat that you're putting on that can be adjusted
0: so what was that trial and error process like for you the first time like was it was it was it a big trial and error?
1: uh so what, i mean when i first started and was roasting coffee in my garage for the farmers markets um which that that's how some people start it's not like i was doing anything like shady and right <laughs> <laughs> um that was a lot of trial and error. Uh, I I actually just came across, I have uh, my old notebook that I would record. I would sit there for, I mean, I would do a few roasts a night when I first started, I was like, I gotta learn this. I gotta learn this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would record every minute. Okay. Minute one, this is the temperature minute two. This is the temperature. Really? Yeah. Um, and so I would then like the next day I would roast it. Then the next day I would drink it and decide nope, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, kind of that just, you play around with that. So like at first I would go, go like the extremes, like, so I would roast it really dark and then realize that does not taste good. And then maybe like, you know, really light and kind of narrow it down to find out what that sweet spot is. Okay. Um, And the interesting thing is each coffee kind of has that general sweet spot uh, because coffee from different regions has its own characteristics.
0: Awesome. Good to know. So speaking of that, then, is, is Guatemala the, the only place that you source from? Or have you tried other locations around the world?
1: Uh, no, other locations. So currently okay. at the moment, I have coffee from uh, the summer blend is from Costa Rica. I have Guatemalan, Honduras, Nicaragua, Colombian, and Papua New Guinea. And are all these uh, I did have some Ethiopian in the past and I will be getting some more Africans maybe this winter.
0: Okay, cool. Are these all places that you have physically visited then or is, is Guatemala the only one you've, you've actually gone to?
1: Uh, Guatemala is the only one I've gone to at the moment. Okay. Um, but I slowly, each year, I, I hope to pick away at the different locations. That'd be uh, cool. It actually kind of works out perfectly because you know during our cold winter months mm-hmm. up here in the Midwest, Is actually the prime like middle of the harvest season in Central America.
0: Well, that is perfect then, right? Yeah. (laughs) Get out of Chicago for a while.
1: Yeah, get out of here in January when it's terribly cold and go down into decent weather.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. Well, let's let's shift this to to a a little education. I told you I kind of hit you on the spot with this. We didn't really plan this question, but as a as a I know you kind of took a chance to do this. You loved coffee, you read about it, but you know, as, as a kid growing up, I'm sure coffee wasn't your, your dream job, but <laughs> were there any teachers in your life? As, as teachers are listening to this, heading back to school and teachers know that you're about to start making a difference in the lives of so many kids. Is there a teacher in your life that stands out that was like, yeah, that's someone that, that I, I remember, I looked up to, maybe inspired you to do other things or maybe inspired you to think like you do now, the, the whole what's the worst that can happen philosophy of your, your life. Can mm-hmm. you think of a teacher that made a difference in your life?
1: Uh, Yeah. So when you, when you asked me that question a few minutes ago, uh, my immediate reaction was two teachers. So uh, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, one of those two. Right. Uh, But it was my science teacher. Okay. So fourth or fifth grade science teacher. And then a high school history teacher, or the first two to come to mind. Yep.
0: Okay, awesome. And and any reason why? Like, what, what was it about those teachers that stood out?
1: So I, the fourth or fifth grade science teacher, I just remember her making it fun. Okay. Um, you know, I thinking back, you know, I can't remember everything that I learned in fourth or fifth grade. Um, but I just remember the class was fun. That's awesome. Um, so that totally makes an impact. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and then the high school history teacher, I guess the same thing. He made it, he made education entertaining, you know, and um, that's, with some tough subjects, you
0: know, history. Yeah, right. It wasn't my favorite subject by far. I'll tell you that. That's why, I, like, I'm a kindergarten teacher, so I <laughs> have to focus <laughs> on it. But uh, that's one of the things I pride myself on as an educator is is when kids just. I tell people this all the time on the show, and when I speak to teachers that, you know, I, I know my kids. Whether it's with me or eventually they're gonna they're gonna learn math, they're gonna learn reading, they're gonna learn writing, they're gonna learn all that stuff. But mm-hmm. if I can just get them to want to come through that door every single day, like with a yeah. smile on their face, then then I feel. Successful as a teacher, so I'm glad you mentioned that word fun and entertaining because a lot of times in the in the world of education, with with politics and curriculums and all these things being pushed down on teachers, we forget that sometimes it's just about that that fun and and mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good thing to to remember, especially from someone not in the education world right now to hear that that's what stood out for you.
1: Yeah, it's the first thing that came to mind when when you asked me that question those in those specific teachers. Um, I mean, because that's what so science. Yeah, I didn't one. After high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, and I chose my undergrad degree or path, I should say, um, just because I enjoyed science. Awesome. Like, well, science science is fun to me. You know, I enjoy learning about that stuff. Let's just, right. let's go that way.
0: Let's see what <laughs> we can do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about, uh, wrap this up here and talk about how people can can get their hands on sandhill how they can follow you find you because it's not just about the coffee everyone listen this you got to follow the story too which is i love following your social media handles following the blog um it's, it's a great blog by the way you've got great uh people writing those articles and doing those interviews with you it's awesome to read um oh, i just you. just read the start of the mobile cafe one this morning i think it published earlier this month but um talk about how people can find phil and sandhill coffee
1: yeah, I know. I appreciate that. So the easiest way is, uh, like you'd mentioned, Adam, social media. I post a lot on there, um, whether it's, you know, our weekly schedule at events coming up or just random coffee information. Okay. Um, that's at Sandhill coffee. And that's the same through which I don't really use Twitter, but Twitter, I don't get, I don't Instagram, get Twitter. <laughs> uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. If you just search Sandhill coffee, um, will come up. Uh, website is www.sandhillcoffee.com. Um, best way to get the coffee is online on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, if there's any events coming up in an air, like close by you, like out in Morris, uh, I'll yeah. be back at, I already, I registered for the Chris Kringle market for this. Okay. Season, awesome. So be back out there. Um, so yeah, just events, website, probably two best things to get the coffee in person.
0: Okay, one thing we didn't talk about—I've never even asked you this when I met you—was was how'd the name come from? Where'd that come from? Sandhill.
1: Oh yeah, good question. Um, so when thinking of like we're well, early on when doing like kind of you know how do I want to like market and like brand this company? Um, I, I enjoy the outdoors, so I yeah. could talk about being outside, fishing, camping, hunting. You know, I could talk about that all day. Uh, so I wanted to make that connection to the brand, and so the easiest thing that I thought of was birds. Mm-hmm. Um, cause this way, no matter what your hobby is outside, there's always birds around. Right. Um, cause I didn't want the logo to be like a kayak and, you know, people who don't kayak may, you know, feel excluded.
0: Right. So this way
1: a bird, there's birds around everywhere. Um, and so I wrote down five bird names that I kind of with a play on words kind of thought went with coffee. Mm-hmm. They were all taken as business names when I was trying to look up what was really, <laughs> Yeah, so and then I, I told my wife I'm like you know I I couldn't find a coffee name that was available. You know I, I want to stick to birds, and it was just like right off the top of her head she goes what about Sandhill Cranes? They're cool. No kidding. And so I checked it and the business name was available. and Went with it.
0: That's awesome. And you can credit it back to her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <So> she <laughs> she has her stake in the claim of Sandhill Coffee. That that's good. <laughs> right. Came up with the name. Well, I want to want to end there, but I want to also end with one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is is just positivity and how to get people to think with a positive mind. Obviously you've done that because you, I'm sure no doubt you've inspired a lot of people to think beyond their, their bubble of the world we live in. You know, I I never would have known had I, had I met you and read your story and followed this and, and started buying your, your amazing coffees the story be behind it, you know, I, I'm not going to lie for the forever. I had always done the same thing. Like you had mentioned, you were sitting at a, a big name coffee company. We won't, we won't mention them again, but there's, <laughs> there's both of the big ones right here in my hometown, you know, and, and uh-huh. that's where I would go run through the drive through or I'd buy it at the local convenience store or whatever it may be. And knowing the story behind it, it is pretty cool. But one thing that you mentioned was, was that you just encourage people all the time to to take time and enjoy the outdoors, which I think you just kind of mentioned with the name of your coffee as well even if it's your own backyard. And I think teachers, we can remember that too. You know, there's nothing confining us to those four walls of your classroom. So day by day, I mean, especially now in the Midwest, as you start your year before it gets cold, like get those kids outside, let them explore, let them learn. And like Phil mentioned, make it fun, as fun as possible. Cause that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna stick.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree.
0: All right, man. Well, I really appreciate this. Uh, again, listeners, SandhillCoffee.com, S-A-N-D-H-I-L-L-Coffee.com. Promo code or coupon code, whatever you want to call it, is SCHOOL, S-C-H-O-O-L-10, to get 10% off your order, which is a, a huge deal with this amazing coffee. And I got to say too, teachers of your um, when we talk about uh, teachers don't make a lot of money, like you're not spending a small fortune on on this, this coffee either you I think you've kept your prices pretty, pretty darn fair. Um I know I've never questioned ordering it like, Oh, I can't afford that right now. Like some big name things are so I applaud you for that too, because you're reaching a broader market with that for sure. No, thank you. I, I'm 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 sure that that that's coming to play, especially in the farmers' markets in the Midwest, and trying trying to make ends meet during this this world we're living in right now. But it's it's been a it's been a benefit for me to to be able to order it that way. So I, I thank you for that for sure.
1: Oh no, I I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it's actually if you want to make a quick comparison, a bag of coffee versus five coffee drinks at a drive thru mm-hmm. your your money goes further with a bag of coffee.
0: That's good to know. Good to know. And it's, it's giving back. Like you said, you're giving back to these families and, and the communities that, that are farming it and harvesting. It. So thank you. I mean, you've got the good thing going here, man. And, and I applaud you for that. So with that being said, everyone, follow Phil at Sandhill Coffee on all social media channels, sandhillcoffee.com. And until next time, uh, make today the best day ever, teachers. No, thank you again for having me on and happy to help with any questions. All right. Thanks, man. Much for listening to today's episode of On My Way to School with Adam Peterson. Check the show notes for more information from our guest and be sure to follow me on social media at Teachers Learn 2, the number 2, to stay up to date with everything that I'm doing, as well as check out adampetersoneducation.com to see where you can see me speaking next or bring me to your own school. Make sure to rate and like and share this podcast so others can find it too, and we'll see you on the next episode. The B-E-S-T Best the best